Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Newstalk 1110-993-WBT. Bo Thompson and Beth Troutman, the final stretch on this Thursday. It's one of our favorite times of the week. We bring on one of our favorite people. He's one of the longest-running hosts on this radio station. Does a, a local show on Sundays from 8 until 9 called The David Chadwick Show. David Chadwick himself is in the room. Well, hello, Bo. Beth, how are y'all doing today? Hello. We yeah. always are doing better when you walk well, into the room. Well, thank you. It's great to see you guys. It's a joy to be a part of your show. Well, thank you. We have uh, a special guest. You have a special guest uh, this weekend on your entire show on Sunday, and uh, we uh, are lucky enough to have her join us during this uh, half hour today. But I, I, as a way to make that uh, transition to talk about this subject, you said something to me as we were transitioning off the top of the hour that really uh, honestly kind of stopped me in my tracks. Um, you gave me a stat, which is 60 percent, 60 percent, six zero. 60% of all teen girls, teenage girls, have contemplated suicide. Yes. That's an accurate statistics that's just come out from a recent survey, and it is startling, to say the least. Uh, I think it's partly related to the COVID pandemic and all of the isolation that took place there. I think it's also somehow connected to the gender confusion of our culture the questions of who am I, what's life all about. And uh, my guest this weekend on my show is KT Griffiths, who is in studio with us and has just written a book entitled SHH, looking at the real problem of mental illness because she's gone through it with a daughter who passed through adolescence with those same kind of feelings. And her purpose on being with the show with me is to address this very real issue in our culture right now. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the CDC, when they came out with those statistics that young girls are thinking about suicide, 57% feel persistently sad and hopeless. And those kinds of words, I mean, especially when we're talking to you, David, I mean, your whole message is a message of hope. And to think that young girls are feeling hopeless right now... This is a conversation that's important, it's necessary, and it's one that we need to be having with each other and with our young daughters. So, KT, we're thrilled to have you here because this is a a difficult subject to bring up when we're talking about young girls because we don't know even really as parents and as mentors how to broach the subject in an effective way that means something to their you know adolescent minds and what they're currently struggling with. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, Let's just say suicide, you know, the word suicide, it's hard to even say because it, there's so much pain that goes with that. The pain of the caregiver of the loss of a child mm-hmm. is super painful. But these, my daughter in, in has many thoughts of suicidal thoughts, which is they call it idolation. Um, so, yes, I have taken her to the hospital, tur- turned her in to the psych ward going, hey, this is what's going on. I need your help. And I think that the parent has to reach out and get help. When they know that their child is suffering with depression, it's usually from depression that brings on anxiety, then they don't know what to do with themselves, and their thoughts sink and sink and sink until there's no plateau. When there's no plateau and there's nothing you can put your feet on, that there's no ground, then the child is either cutting, they're reaching out to addictions, or they're suicidal thoughts. And it gets really strong. 
Mm, that's so tough to think about, especially especially with young women. And I would imagine, and, and tell me if I'm, I'm off on this, I would imagine social media is having a huge impact on, on these young women because everybody's putting their best face mm-hmm. out there and not the real face, you know, not the real life. And so you... If you can't find that plateau or you can't find that rock bottom or anything Mm -hmm. to stand on, and you're starting to compare yourself Mm -hmm. to other people's lives and you're thinking, how do they have it all together? And I'm here feeling sad and hopeless. It probably compounds upon that feeling of sadness and hopelessness because you can't figure out why other people are figuring this out when in actuality – they're not figuring it out either. They're just putting the wrong image out there or a false image. Right. The um, social media is definitely playing a part in this. Um, All kinds of the different problems, Beth, that people experience on social media, as I've understood it, is the major emotion that social media causes in people's lives is covetousness. Yes. And, and people don't put up their frown faces right. when they're going through depression and tough times on social media. They just put up all of their joy and, and then people look at it and go, well, why am I not experiencing that joy? My, I'm going through a really tough time right now. And then that comparison, and, and my dad used to say all the time, avoid the snare to compare. You right. Know, it's that, the that thief of joy. It, it, yeah. It just causes you to get more and more depressed, which is what you know, KT has experienced with her daughter as well. And I just wanted people to hear today that, first of all, it's a real problem. A lot of people are going through it, but mostly there's help. And that's what KT tries to address on my show this weekend. There really is help that you can go to with counselors, with other support groups. Uh, Many people are going through this. You're not alone. Yeah. And that's it, KT, what you're trying to say, Mm -hmm. I think. I agree. There's acceptance. I think that there's bullying that happens. There's Mm -hmm. so many things that can can layer these emotions so that you end up with this deep depression. But acceptance, accepting yourself, accepting of others, but the bullying takes over. And these kids have no self-esteem left. And when you have no friends, no self-esteem, what do you have left? You have your family, but if this family has already rejected their child because they're odd or they're this or they're that, you know, they have their limits of what the parent can take, then it becomes a real issue. So, you know, the parent needs to be kind, be loving, but I understand the pain that the parent carries because it can be really heavy at times. When you uh, first recognized this with your own daughter, what was the age range that you were, and what were the first things that you started noticing that forced you into a place where you knew that you needed to get help for not only her, but for you so that you could help effectively? True. I think that when you do have a counselor, you know, they take the first time with your with your child you go through and talk about things with your child but then they call you into the room and then it's your time to kind of debrief a little bit more and I do think it is a collaboration of people that really work to make it to make it a solid move forward otherwise you're stuck you know KT mentioned to me that when uh, her daughter was a child she would have baby talk and that would be a sign to her and her husband, hmm, something's not quite right here. Her child, as a six- or seven-year-old, would start talking like a baby. And then as she moved into her teen years, cutting was an evidence oh. to them that something mentally was really wrong as well. So I thought those were two things I'll take home for me and say to parents, hey, if you see your kids doing baby talk at seven, eight years of age, or if they start cutting as a teen— You've got a problem you probably need to address. When we come back, I want to uh, address something else that sort of stems from what you both just said. Uh, There are things that you see that are outright indicators that something's wrong. But I look, I have two kids uh, and and they're both 
teenagers. And so I, I, I am in the midst of raising kids in that world. And you hear stories sometimes uh, where something happens and there were no indications, at least indications that made sense uh, at the surface. Sometimes there are things that, you know, things can look like they're absolutely fine. And then obviously uh, in the worst case scenarios, something happens a few days later and you said, what led to that? I want to talk about the, the signs that you don't see or maybe that you don't know to see when we come back here. Uh, it's Bo Thompson, Beth Troutman, David Chadwick, and KT Griffiths, who's written a book called Shh, Mental Illness, The Silent Disease. Boy, that promo is appropriate today. We have been all over the place in the hours we've been on, but that's what we love, pivoting in all different directions on Good Morning BT. Bo and Beth here, along with David Chadwick and KT Griffiths, who has written a book uh, about mental illness. It's called Shh, Mental Illness, the Silent Disease, a Mother's Heart. And um, just to reset the scene here, David, uh, she's your guest this week on yes. your your uh, hour-long show on Sunday mornings. And uh, if you're just walking into the room, real quick, before I ask the question that I alluded to uh, heading to break, uh, give us the snapshot of what's going on here. Yeah, we'll have an hour together on uh, Sunday to go in depth into this subject, but KT is a mom, has six children. One of them has gone through severe mental illness and been a real challenge for her in her life. And uh, she's been a friend of mine for a number of years. And this is a very bold move on her part Mm -hmm. to come out and say, here's what happened. And here's what I did to help deal with the problem of mental illness with my daughter. And I love her vulnerability. I love also the practical application she gives in helping people understand what they can do when they have a child going through something like this. Well, we were talking about uh, some of the signs that parents may see in their kids. Changes in behavior, cutting has been brought up here. Um, I mentioned I have two kids, and and, 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 and thank God uh, they've always been uh, very well adjusted and even keeled. But I can tell you uh, that having raised them in this environment now with social media and in 2023, uh, you know, high school age kids and now in college, um, you know, some of their contemporaries I, I've, I've heard over the years, uh, you know, you hear stories about kids the same age who have issues. And sometimes uh, it's things that were sort of said, OK, I could see how that behavior led to that. And maybe there was a warning sign. But sometimes you hear stories about things that just happen out of the blue. Now, I don't mean to suggest that nothing was going on with them, but the parents or the adults or, or guardians or what have you, uh, there may be signs that they're not looking for. I agree with that. Um, I think nonverbal clues are huge, and they're all there. You just have to be willing and looking at what is really going on. And I think isolation is one. The, mm. the, the child will pull away. Um, isolation, Internet. Internet, when they spend hours and hours on the Internet without a break. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's happening there? They're developing friendships with non-friendship people. Right. And they're all trying to mask their emotions, you know, and it becomes really hard. So the Internet, I would say, is like huge because they can look up anything they want and it's right there at their fingertips, anything. So, and, you know, KT brought, brings up this Sunday something that's very important, too. She talks about be there parenting. In, in yeah. other words, you've got to be involved in your kids' lives. You know, one of my jokes both through the years has been kids spell love, T-I-M-E. You've got to understand what's going on in your kids' lives. And that can only happen if you spend time with them. So. You know, KT has been very involved in her child's life and knows what's going on. So 
you can pick up those nonverbal, those more silent clues more easily. Well, and to your point, KT, uh, and David says, be there, be an active parent. That uh, that doesn't mean uh, be in the same room while they're on their phone and, and you do your thing and they do theirs. I mean, you've got to pay attention to what they're doing when you're simultaneously existing in that room, right? Yeah. There are a lot of parents that are very anxious. They become anxious because they can't fix their child, which what it feeds their child more anxiety and more depression. So you have to let your child have some space to think, to be able to, you know, clearly move to a different direction without the parent, like, hovering over them, which, you know, we have done. We have, you know, we do that also. Mm -hmm. Well, this leads me to actually ask you about something that you have coming up next weekend, which I think is really important because the caregivers are going through this process with their child with someone who is experiencing uh, depression or any kind of anxiety. You have a conference coming up called Hope for Caregivers, an intimate conversation on mental illness. Tell us about what this can provide for people who might be struggling. Well, first of all, I would have to say, okay, spontaneous parents jump in. It's March 3 and 4. So you can look it up on my website at ktgriffiths.com. But I, I think it's an excellent place for parents to come and hear about what what they can do. There's a lot of solutions. The guy that I have coming in, Dominic Herps, he's a nationally known. Dr. Phil has sent people to him. He's really good. He has he has a lot of handouts and solutions that he can give parents. Um, I think the main thing is is finding, as David would always say, there's always hope. Finding hope for yeah. no matter what the scenario, what the situation. Well, KT is a hope liver yeah. and also a cope giver and she couldn't make it through what she's been through with her daughter without hope and katie i don't want to put words in your mouth but that's what you believe right i I believe that that hope leads to trust that leads to truth once you get to the truth you have that and then you have healing so i think you know being there for your child listening and hopefully they they will move on to healing Mm, and i think that's so important the truth that we need to we all need to feel safe enough with someone to speak our truth. Well, if this conversation has spoken to you as you're listening, uh, I would implore you to listen to the further conversation on this subject Sunday morning, 8 a.m. for the entire hour. It's a KT Griffiths with David Chadwick. And remember, Hope for Caregivers, the conference, it's an intimate conversation on mental illness at the Heritage Conference Center in Fort Mill on March 3rd and 4th and details at ktgriffiths.com. So thank you so much for being with thank us. Thank you. And David? Yeah, thank you, Bo. And guess what? The sun came up this morning on an 81-degree day, (laughs) which should allow all of us to believe, once again, there's always hope. Always a little more hope the morning after a Tar Heel win, right, David? (laughs) (laughs) A little bit. (laughs) We'll not go there, though, right now. That's not hope-giving. That's right. That's right.